Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Dead in Sports. Yeah, speaking of basketball, let's get on this Jordan doc. We got episode five and six this past weekend. Um, mostly, I, I believe that these episodes, at least these two, had to deal with the rise and fall of the Jordan brand. Not the rise and fall, but the, the how Teflon Jordan's brand was and then how the media kind of turned on him during that third uh, three, well, the first three peak, the 93 uh, championship run. Because episode five talks about the basically like, how the Jordan brand became like they talk about him getting the Nike deal and how uh, crazy that situation was. But I wanted y'all to focus to just ask y'all that question as far as is there another like will there be another better athlete or an athlete like Jordan as far as brand wise? No, no, never, never, not even no. moving Can't forward. Come close. Can't no, come close, was, dog. That was the whenever, perfect story. When it's, when, whenever you can drop shoes at the drop of, drop of a hat and people, that shit will look like a festival at the at the malls for people getting those shoes forever. Not because now you're getting kids that never even witness them that's lining up to get Jordans. Like that brand is strong forever, dude. That shit is yeah, strong is. forever. That, that was that was the perfect storm. Like I said earlier, you know Nike could have uh, would have went out if they're not signed Jordan. Nike was on its way yep. down. And him signing with Nike elevated them both. Plus, they made that shoe that was banned. That right there is what catapulted the whole thing. Plus, Jordan had, like he said on the show, he had to live up to that name. If he didn't hoop, it wouldn't have happened. So all of that put together is what made that brand successful. Then the shoe kept evolving. But there'll never be another shoe that – this shoe is never going anywhere. It's going to come back, and it's going to come back. And they made they, they had the perfect marketing strategy behind it, and it's just gonna be hard to repeat that ever again in history. Yeah, and I think because we live in such a society now that you know I could just pick up my phone and make a commercial, where a lot of these athletes now kind of control the narrative. Jordan did that, but with the company like 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 Shelton was saying, that was kind of fledgling, and they needed something to gravitate towards. And again, just same thing that Shelton said, it was a perfect storm of the timing of everything. Um, we're never gonna we're never gonna see that again because if there was no Michael Jordan, there would be no Nike, right? And and you can't say that for any brand now. Can't say that for like the talent that's coming in now. I don't think nobody's ever going to revolutionize the game in all facets the way MJ did. Now, there's going to be guys that are close. Like the second uh, leading shoe salesperson is LeBron. But Jordan does three times what LeBron does. And Jordan hasn't played for 20 years. And, and, and I think that Zion could be close. And that's the reason why I had an issue with Zion signing with Jordan brand because it's like, how do you brand yourself? Yeah. yeah. The way Jordan did, you're signing under another personal entity. Nike is just a brand; it's just a company. But when you sign under Jordan, you're signing literally under Michael Jordan. How can you surpass that? I don't think I don't think you can. Um, I think I think there's going to be guys that are going to be close in terms of sales and stuff like that. But nobody's ever going to be as iconic. Like I think even 20 years from now, like when I'm almost 60 years old, 
kids are still going to be buying the retro Jordan. Right. You know what I'm saying? The, the people ain't going to... Once LeBron is done, they're not gonna buy his shoes like that. Maybe there are a couple of of of, of pairs that do have crazy pandemonium about them. Those are probably some. But not consistent. Yeah. Right. And the way they release those shoes, like you know, working in I worked at Foot Locker for years, of course. The way the way the shoe is treated, like it's gold, and seeing those lines out there, that that stuff, you know, in in some stores only got like twenty pairs. You got twenty here. You got some stores with 40 over here. So, like, it wasn't like a shoe that you can just – supply never met demand. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. It was a brilliant market employee, and it worked for years to come, and it, and it still will. So it, it just won't happen again. Mm-mm. And that's why it made me uh, think about this as far as, like, is MJ still the most popular basketball player today? I think so. I think he will always be that. Because it's, it's, it's not just him, it's his likeness. You know what I'm saying? For that reason, it's going to be hard for anybody to surpass. LeBron is the only one that can come close. But That's I, only because he's playing? He's, yeah, he's playing and he's smart with his business. Um, but Jordan is just so far – Jordan is known by his just, – just that Jordan. You know what I'm saying? He's known by that name. So and, and whether you know basketball or not, you know Jordan. So, so that's so, what separates him. So he's bigger than basketball. Shelton, if Nick is asking, like today, right now, who, who, like, are there basketball players more popular than MJ? I would say today, yes. I think overall, no. I don't think nobody's mm. gonna ever be more popular overall than MJ, just because of everything that he's done. But if right. we're talking today, and you look at these little kids, everybody want to be Steph because in the game. Jordan changed the game for us. And I think today, right now, Steph is more popular than any basketball player playing. And to add on, like, um, this is a history lesson for a lot of current uh, basketball fans and, and alike. They heard of Jordan, but to them, Jordan was like Dr. J and, and guys like that to me. Like, you, you heard about them, but you didn't really get a chance to see them play in their prime prime. So for them, they're just not really witnessing what this guy was really like. They only saw Kobe, Steph, LeBron. So those are their idols. So let me ask y'all something, especially you, B. Let me ask you, do you think that this is diminishing Jordan's value from watching this? If I never saw Jordan play, would it be worse for me to be watching this or better? It'd be better. I mean, I th- I don't think it's why would it be worse? I think it, it 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 they do a good job of showing like his mentality, and for kids who 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 understand that it wasn't no social media back then, like what he had to deal with as far as the pressures, like you mentioned, him living up to that name, him you know living up to trying to to mentally be prepared to win a third championship, you know, try to to three peat, which was tough. You know, so no, I think that's a good thing. I think, I think, I don't think this is anything where it's going to be diminished. I think it's a great thing because it just put things, it'll put things in perspective. Like, damn, like he was doing all this or going through all this. And like, you know, when you win championships, they understand that teams are really hunting for you. So you got to play smarter. You got to run faster. You got to do whatever to, to try to get that three-peat. I mean, and it was, you, and Jordan admitted that it was mentally draining him that, that, that third time. And I, and I think that's for any basketball player that's, that's had a run, that's had a long run each NBA season consecutively. 
So like just think, consecutively, you playing basketball from from you know late September, early October into June, and then not to include his uh he played the uh, Olympics right after that 91-92 season win championship back to back. Right a week after that, you getting ready to, to, to train for the Olympics. Then after the Olympics is over, you gotta go and haul ass for your for, for a third for a three P after a team against a team in Phoenix. And I mean that was that was tough, man. Like stuff like that, man. I think it's great to see. What's up, Miles? Yo, Ken, since you're talking about the kids, have you have you watched this Jordan documentary with your kids? Uh no, I haven't. Mm-mm. Why 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 didn't you decide to do that? It's me time. <laughs> yeah, because most of the time they're asleep. So, um, but yeah, it's funny because they know LeBron James. They be running around here saying that thing that kid said, LeBron James. Uh, <laughs> they say Kobe when they throw and stuff, but they re- but Kendall loves Jordan. So it's like it, it, it's almost like it's in three tiers in terms of how they impact their life in ter- culturally. You know, for Kendall, it's all about Jordan shoes. That's all he likes. That's a cultural thing in terms of fashion. You know, LeBron is, you know, the now with in terms of the meme. Kobe, I think, mainly because, you know, the kids are saying that he just passed. So whenever they shoot, they do that and stuff like that. So, And I think that that was why they uh, put that clip of Kobe in the first episode or in episode five early as far as he was saying, like, look, because they were because he mentioned that there was a story as far as someone asking him, "Could you play MJ one on one and beat him?" He was like, "Look, everything that you see of me, I got from him." And I mm-hmm. think that's, what, that's like the to me that was like the sentence that summed up this whole documentary. Like everything that you see from your favorite player, they got from him. Like yeah. like after his legacy, after his championships, and you just listen to how his dedication to the game. You got Larry Bird calling him God, like. Early on, before he even won a title, so right. it's like, wow, this man was respected by everybody. You, you that know. that part, that part. I'm sorry to cut you people, but that part sent chills up my spine watching Kobe talk about Michael because you never really, you never really knew how that relationship was. They kind of kept that under wraps, so you always thought that Mike was hating on Kobe if you listen to certain people talk about it. Um, but for Kobe to talk about him that way, uh, that was just that was just crazy to say that Michael was his big brother for real. And not just in, you know, just in, in a show form. You know what I'm saying? That was that was crazy to me, man. And and the fact that he said that, like it wouldn't be no me without him. That's that's that Jeezy line, I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. That's that's who Jordan is to basketball. And that was crazy, man. That, that was just crazy. I, I saw something I meant to share with y'all earlier where it was saying that the the interviewer had to fight with Kobe to get him to talk about Michael. He wouldn't even talk about it. I, but I forgot to share that with y'all, and I forgot to read it myself too. So, yeah. But, but I, th- I think one of the biggest things, especially after watching five and six, that you take away, Nick, and I, I'm glad you pointed this out, is that the reason why people say Michael Jordan's the goat is because everybody before him, during him, and even after him make him the measuring stick. He's, you want to be great, you got to pass this guy. You want to be great, you can't lose in the finals. You want to be great, you got to score X amount of points. You want to be great, you got to be clutch. You want to be great, you got to do what Michael Jordan did, as good as him, if not better. And, and I think that that's something that even Isaiah Thomas, the Detroit Pistons, like deep down, everybody knows, damn, if I want to be the best, we got to be better than this guy. 
you know, and I think that to have that type of admiration while you're playing, that, that, that's extremely tough. That, that, yeah. that, that's a high bar to always live up to. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, in my, and I'm not trying to make it a versus thing, but that's why I always say LeBron is the only other person, in my opinion, that can even smell Jordan's plateau because nobody was under more pressure than Mike or LeBron. Those are the two most pressure-packed players to have all of this on their shoulders to actually go out there and perform night in, night out. Whether every like, night. Every night, these guys, they put on a show. Mm-hmm. Every yeah, night, you was. Kobe was Kanye, <laughs> you know, like without Jay-Z, there's no Kanye, you know, right. um, and that, and that's what I got from that. That was his big brother. He made a song about it. Well, even, even Charles Barkley, like that was the most humble I've ever seen him when he was like during that finals uh, run like, when Phoenix against the Bulls, he was like, that was around the only time that I could say that someone was better than me at basketball. And like to hear him say that in his MVP season, that's insane. Yeah, uh, going on to going back to the the Nike thing, I had a question. Could Mike, could MJ, would he been successful with any brand, or was it like something you were saying? Was it just like lightning in the bottle, perfect timing, everything worked out for it? Like, because Adidas was his number one choice, and I was just thinking, like, what would he have done with Adidas? Would it be the same type of thing? I I don't think so. And and like I said, the, the only reason I say that. It's because, like I said, it was the perfect storm. When they put that shoe out and it got banned, they built the campaign around that shoe being banned, and that kind of elevated the shoe in itself. It made it something to go get. I don't know if Adidas could have had that same impact. First off, I don't know if they would have made a shoe that was as radical as Nike was trying to be with the shoe. And Nike puts a lot into their shoes. Like, they put, man, when, when I went to, I had the, like I said, I worked at Foot Locker. Um, man, it's Greenbrier uh, for some years. And going to the Nike headquarters, I was able to sit with designers and have them talk about how they develop and the stuff that they do. It's not just putting a shoe out because it looked cool. Every shoe is a freaking story from beginning to end, from the tip of that shoe to the base. It's a story. And Nike put so much into that. It was, it was just brilliant. And then, like I said, when the shoe got banned by the NBA, they built that campaign around it and put that out like we banned, we banned, we banned. And everybody jumped on it without social media, mind you. But the I world got behind to say, it. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was uh, – the first thing that came to my mind was yes. And the reason why I thought that initially was because of what Jordan said. The shoe wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been shit if he was shit. So he made the shoe what it was. And the other stuff that you were talking about, uh, Shelton – added on to it. But without Jordan's play on the court and the things he were doing, you know, you wouldn't have gotten to that point. But the reason why I'm kind of second guessing that is because Nike wasn't established and I don't think he would have gotten the same deal. And oh, that's yeah. why I don't think he would have been different. Oh yeah. And you know what, Ken? I'm glad I'm going behind you because you know that when you are a company that's on the rocks and possibly a golden ticket has been given to you, you're going to do everything to make sure that this person's happy and, and we're going to revolutionize because we don't have nothing to lose. Adidas was at the time the biggest shoe or sneaker shoe company. We already know Adidas as a global brand through soccer. If they would have took on MJ, it would have been like, bro, we got run DMC. 
got all of these soccer players. Why are we gonna give you like this shoe? We're just gonna get. We're just gonna rebrand our basketball name. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they wouldn't have went into how deep they went into, well, like Shelter said, all of the stories behind the one. You know, one was the band joint. Two, he got injured. Um, but the threes, the fours, the fives, like the design, everything had stories behind it. And then, you know, even to the point that you said, Ken, where MJ said that the shoe wouldn't have been anything, if I was anything, just think about all of the iconic moments after the facts. You know, the double nickel. Um, the Jordan 10, the um, when he went back um, his last game in New York and he wore the Jordan 1s, you know what I'm saying, and scored 50-some points, even though it's All of that type of stuff, I don't think it would have happened in the same exact way he would have signed with Reebok, Adidas, or any one of those other joints, man. I think Nike, again, perfect storm. Like, they needed that. They, they needed a, li- a, 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 a life, you know, and that's what Jordan gave him. Uh, FIFA, I want you to... Uh... Speak on as far as like more so the episode five, the environment of Chicago during that time of the like Mike. Um, so I, I was like a kid, kid. So it wasn't like I was roaming the streets and stuff like that. But I could tell you that everybody had on a pair of J's, was rocking Chicago Bulls attire, hats, jerseys, stuff like that. Everything was. Like, it's like the Blackhawks and the White Sox and the Cubs didn't exist when Michael Jordan was in town. You know what I'm saying? Everything was um, about the Bulls. Um, I remember all six championships, like, because I lived in the inner city, bro. Like, all of the roles, you know, you would just hear people honking. Beep, 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 beep. Like, it was just a party. So, um, I think the way everybody feels about MJ, every, like, every kid, at least all of the kids that I play in basketball against and stuff like that, that's, that's, Everybody wanted to be MJ. Everybody wanted to miss MJ. So I think that what the relationship Michael Jordan had with the city outside of a few players, like there's never been a connection to like one city. So it was crazy because like they built, episode five was like, all right, this is the built up of MJ. And in episode six, we start seeing like the reality of being human and being a star. Like we hear about his gambling addiction or what he would like to call it, his competition addiction. And we hear more about uh, his political stances and stuff like that. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts be as far as like, why, why do athletes need to speak up on social issues, especially like black athletes? Like why was people, why were people looking at MJ to be that next voice. I mean, because he was, at that time, he was the most influential black athlete during that, during that time. Like, it was no athlete that was, that was more influential than Michael Jordan. Everybody wanted to be like Mike. They wanted to get his shoes. They wanted to play ball like him. They wanted to stick their tongue out like him. Like, he was so influential. He was like the, you know, the Michael Jackson of NBA. Like, everybody, he was just that dude. Everybody wanted to be him. Everybody wanted to be him, so I think that's why people, especially the, especially the black community, wanted to, you know wanted him to speak up on social issues because it's like, dude, black folks, we 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 putting money in your pockets by supporting you getting your shoes and going to your games, buying your jerseys. Like Jordan had a lot of black dollars. I mean, I know he had he had white dollars too, which is why he was as popular as he was. But Jordan had a lot of, and it was a lot of black faces across all cities 
in the U.S. I can assume. I mean, I'm I'm not, I'm I'm just speaking for Detroit and cities like D.C. and Cleveland. Like they were all like it was all Jordan fanatics. So yeah, he was very influential in the black community, man. So I think that's why people were kind of like looking to him to kind of speak on social issues because it's like. Yeah, we 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 like a lot of us putting money in your pocket. So like, what, what you gonna do? You know what I'm do saying? Do you think it's a fair exchange with that? You said, do you think it's a fair exchange? Yeah, like if if we put money in your, if we help build up your brand, you should look out for us in the back end. Like we we should always look for our athletes to speak out. Like is it is it right for them to to have to feel that burden? Hmm. That's I mean, tough. It, 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 this is I mean, oh man, I guess it just depends on the athlete. I mean, sometimes, yeah, I feel like if we're the reason you're the multi-millionaire, soon-to-be billionaire athlete that you are, I think giving back or doing something at some point, you, it's a must. It's like a must. Yeah, I, as a black athlete, it doesn't have to be all, all social necessarily right. with with the activist cause. You got to give back though. Um, to, like to LeBron manage. built a freaking school. He don't yeah. have to do no more giving. This yeah. man built a freaking school for underprivileged kids. Like, right. so check, he checkmate. He doesn't have to speak out on politics because he's doing, he's taking he's actual doing, action. Right, right. So, so, and to build on what you said, Muhammad Ali was the goat of his time. And he was an activist. So that's why I think people look to Jordan to do kind of the same thing because he was the goat of his time. Yeah. And because Muhammad Ali was so outspoken on social issues. They felt like Michael should have done the same based off where he was placed on the pedestal. Muhammad Ali is on this top-tier pedestal. Michael Jordan was on this top-tier pedestal. And they were kind of looking for him to kind of make a stand. And when he didn't make one, you know, no words can be bad sometimes. And I think that's kind of what hurt him. Also, when he does give, he gives silently. He doesn't give to where it's all known what he does. I'm sure – I know he does stuff. Yeah, I know I'm pretty sure that. he does. Yeah. But – he didn't broadcast it. He didn't say, well, I built the school. He could have built the school, too. I, I think we would know about it, but I'm just saying what he does goes under the radar sometimes, and that, that can hurt him, too. But he's, he's managed to survive this long. Kim, I wanted to get your thoughts. I don't know if you remember uh, when the quote came out or just even retrospect about when he was saying that quote that came out as far as, like, Republicans by Jordans, too. What were you? I know I've heard that quote before, but seeing this documentary it elaborate on that and while that was probably taken out of uh, context, I wanted to see like did, did that change your mind as far as when they explained that story? Well, I was a Jordan hater, so um, so for him to get that uh, negative press, uh, you know, um, that helped you sleep at night. Light, you know. <laughs> But no, nah, it didn't. It didn't make me think um, any less of him um, overall. I think um, in watching the documentary, um, hearing him talk about it all these years later, he's very unapologetic about it. He don't give a damn. He don't give a damn about what y'all think about what he said. So and he said, "To the vibe I got was I said what I said, and that was it." <laughs> And, and and the thing about it is that, you know, what made that so disappointing is that I think that was from his own, uh, from North Carolina, which is where he was from. And um, and that was an easy guy to say was bad. So, you know, 
he could have easily dismissed him because he had a very bad record. So it wasn't – it wouldn't have been hard to go against him because he had things that he could actively point to, especially as a black man. But, um, but no, nah, I didn't think any differently from him back then. So what about the rest of y'all? No, I didn't, I didn't think any different um, for MJ. And again, like I was young, so I, I didn't really understand like the, the social type of stuff. Um, but looking back at it, you know, I, Jordan and Charles Barkley are the main ones that they didn't necessarily want to be role models. I think it just comes with the stardom and the fame and, you know, everything that. Um, but, I, but I think to each their own. I, I don't think that anybody it should be forced to have to be the voice of people if you don't choose to be that. And I think Jordan had every right to not do it. And, and, and can you slam him for it if that's your opinion? You know what I'm saying? If you're looking for somebody outside of your own household um, to, 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 to look to as a leader, of course, you might feel a certain type of way. Um, but at the end of the day, I think everybody, some people don't want to play that game, man. And I think especially back then it was more damning because again, without social media, you can't control your own narrative. I think the reason why, I'm not gonna say it's easier, but I think the reason why LeBron does get into a lot of these type of things is because it came from my Twitter account or it came from my IG. Like you can't spin it. Like this, this is exactly what I said and it's documented. And if he needs to go back on something, he can do that. Like the China thing, like the coronavirus thing. You can go back, back then, once the story is out, that's it. Like there is no, like Jordan didn't have the ability to always exactly say how he wanted to say when he wanted to say it. So for him choosing to be the voice of the people, I get it. Yeah, I, I just felt that, cause like you were mentioning, Charles Barkley was the same way. Like we kind of forced some of these athletes to be the voice or the beacon for our issues or for what goes on in our lives, almost to the, to the point to the point where it's like, like you look at everything Jordan was going through as far as questioning every time he'll get out the locker room, are you retiring? Are you coming back to the Bulls? And then on top of that, you throw in this political stuff. It's like, this man was stressed out. And I can't think of, and it makes you think about LeBron James and even other players that came after that era about how much they have to deal with, let alone like, now you're asking me about my own personal thoughts and lives, and it's just like, I don't have to uh, divulge that to you. So I thought that was a really good part of the documentary, that episode. And then moving forward, we get to talking about his gambling addiction or what people perceive as a gambling prediction, uh, addiction. I wanted to get y'all thoughts on, like, do you think he has a problem or is it more of a competition thing? I, think I, think competitive. I say competitive more so than anything because, I mean – I mean, if he had a gambling addiction, I mean, that's a damn good addiction because I think he, I think Jordan even said it. Like, if he had a gambling addiction, he'd been, you know, he'd be broke in the, in a bad, he'd be in a bad space. Usually, when someone is in a gambling addiction, they losing homes, losing, you know, losing whatever. And I mean, granted, you say it's Michael Jordan, but if Michael Jordan gambled like that, Michael Jordan was putting up big money. It wasn't like he was putting up you know, $2,000, $1,000. He was playing, he was betting on some big shit. So if it was an addiction, we would have been like, damn, Jordan, like, what the hell? His house is on for sale? Like, what's going on? Like, Man, you know, listen, that, that man got an addiction, man. <laughs> <laughs> he got an addiction. I think it's competitive, though. I mean, what's... He, he, 
and he's definitely the most competitive person on the planet. I, I, I believe that with my heart. Michael is the most competitive man on, on the planet. But I think he has a gambling addiction because he continues to gamble. The thing of it is, like somebody said on there, 10000 to Michael Jordan is like $10. So big money to him is not big money to us. So he's gambling, not to the point where he's losing it all, but he's still gambling big money. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think the gambling stopped, no, no matter what was going on. I mean, this man during the playoffs at 2 in the morning was in Atlantic City. So – I know. Can you imagine how that would have went over in, in social media? Like, to yeah. if LeBron went to Atlantic City before the before uh, that Mavs game or whatever that series. I mean, yeah, that series because they lost. On Jordan saving grace that they still whooped ass, so it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, yes, that's what. Winning, winning cures everything. Winning yeah. will winning will make people forgive and forget. If you start winning. Mm-hmm. Whatever all that, but if you lose, oh, that's just gonna be piled on and piled on. So if LeBron would have went to the, to Miami Strip Club when they won those back to back finals in Miami, it wouldn't have been no big deal. Oh, Miami, oh, LeBron went to the Strip Club after Game Two. Oh, snap! But they won. But like you said, mm-hmm. Nick, if he did that shit during a Dallas series, oh yeah, that would have been like amplified times a million. Yeah, Odell like, Beckham. Odell Beckham on the boat. Right. That's exactly. Odell what Beckham. Say. They lost. After he had the boat trip, if, if they would have won the Super Bowl, they wouldn't even care about that boat trip. That boat what trip would have been swept up under the rug so damn quick. And here's another thing, too. Like, wins and losses aren't always just a one-player thing. But, like, if, if Jordan would have did whatever he did and came back, he would score 60 points, did it efficiently, he clutch shots, but they lost, that's different than looking bad and losing. Like Odell. Yeah. Odell looked bad and he lost. And he lost. Right. Yes. Good and you lose, okay, we lost. But but didn't but didn't Jordan sound like a player that was addicted though? He was like, if, if I wanted to, I'd quit whenever I wanted to. No, that's, that's that, <laughs> that interview where he spun it and he was like, I don't have a gambling addiction, I got a competition uh addiction, whatever. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, that, that don't sound good as far as like hindsight. <laughs> but 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 I think what Jordan is saying is is that it's not always about the money. I just want to be able to prove that I can beat you. And, and, yeah. and, and I could bet against you, and it doesn't have to be money. Like, Shelton, I bet I make 10 free throws right now. Yeah. You want to give me 10 push-ups or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I think that's mm-hmm. what Jordan is trying to get at, that it's not always about the money. It's just that when you are – when you have the money, and obviously the circle he's running around, people got money, what are you going to bet first? You going right. to bet a nice watch, a car, money, like – that that's what that's what those people bet. Like what we bet is five ten dollars. That that that's what we call. Like you said, Shelton, his homie said ten bands for Jordan is like ten dollars for us. Because right. it's betting. Ten bands for us is a lot of money. Ten bands for Jordan, bro. He sneezed and made that right now. Right. Can you think he got an addiction? Nah, he's just competitive. Now that yeah. I think about it, though. Wasn't, wasn't he like flipping dimes or some shit for like for money? Yes. Yeah, with the uh security guard. <laughs> okay, he might. Okay, so okay, shit. He might. Okay, Shelter, you might. Be, <laughs> you might be on the same He was flipping. How you, how you how you betting money on flipping coins? Like what was it like dimes or pennies or something? It was like a quarter. It was like quarter. quarters or something. Yeah, you didn't do that. No, dude, I didn't do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna bet money. You betting money on flipping money? That's crazy, dude. And, and and you have a competitive person who's addicted to gambling. That's what that's what he is. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I, the, I think the, he's a competitive person addicted to winning. 
at all <laughs> costs. And it doesn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Money is just a byproduct. I don't, but I don't think it's the cost. Like, Jordan doesn't do what he does to gain more money. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he just do it to take it from who. Like they said, they were playing the dollar games up at the front. He was taking their money, too. Yep. He just wanted to take their money. That's really all it was about. They're like, why are you playing? I got your dollar in my pocket. That's it. That's it. That's it. His whole life, you know, and he owes that to his brother Larry. Those guys, man, they, man, them dudes, man, they used to beat him in the ground. I remember that, you know, growing up watching that stuff. So he's always been that. He's always gotten that, you know, the sibling rivalry and all that competitive stuff. Yeah, that, that's him all day long. It, it made me think. Fault. It made but, me think about the um, the stories that you hear as far as rumors about like how his father passed, and as far as it being related to the gambling. And that, and there were some pictures of him and his father and stuff. And I was like, are they really gonna go into that? realm or that i knew that obviously if jordan uh approved the documentary he wasn't going to talk about that but it just made me think like like how how factual is some of those stories or do you guys think it's just like just rumors that just trying to put two and two together man I, I, think- I don't know how factual it is but i can tell you i remember those days and we all had our suspicions, like we heard the rumors and the way things were lined up because we knew about the gambling and his father just winds up dead, you know, and his father gambled with him. Like we were like, and then I think he retired afterwards, man. Like, yeah, I, I felt that that was some real. I felt he got involved in some mob shit and, you know, they, they came from payback. It was a It was a big conspiracy theory at the time. Everybody was talking about it. But I think, I think looking back at it now, I, I don't I don't personally, even at the time, I, again, I was younger, but I don't think it was tied. Um, because at the end of the day, if, it, if the mob was involved in this, that, and the third, by this time, something would have came out. But nothing, nobody has said anything about that situation since. Um, yep. I don't really think it was senseless. Um, I just think it's, it was just an unfortunate situation, personally. Um, but, you know, I know it's but much but you said it right, though, FIFO. If it was the mob, nothing will come out. You know what I'm saying? Well, not was like, 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 like little leaks and stuff like that. Some somebody would have said something. Like, how did we find about uh, uh, Donahue? Mm-hmm. You know, because like, he was talking. Yeah, I, I, I think it was, it was, a, it was a clean hit. Ain't no, ain't no reason for that man to be on the side of the road. Yeah, I, I just. Yeah, the story it, sounds weird, wasn't he? Yeah. He was tired. He just pulled over and he slept in his car and then someone robbed him and, and killed him. Yeah. Like that story. Did they, even, did they even rob him? I don't even think they robbed him. That's what I'm saying. So it was just weird. I got to go back and look at it again, but it, it didn't add up. It didn't add up. And it went away quickly. Yeah. Do you think, okay, if we're Jordan got into the Illuminati, you know you got to give somebody up. Hmm. I don't. That's what they said. That's what happened to Kanye, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I just thought that that, just from the the standpoint of the book and how uh, it, what was it, uh, Michael and me? I was the one that kind of was the the biggest one as far as like revealing like not only the gambling stuff, but but like how. Uh, what was like Horace Grant's role in that book as far as like not even 
how he was with his teammates and all that stuff. Why do you think the media was trying to come at Michael that way? We'll be back after this quick break. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You know what? I thought about this. It felt like it was the beginning of where we are today, where they're all just in 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 this business. And I think they um and, and wait, wait. So when you say media coming at Horace or coming at MJ, like like mostly MJ, but like how they they would use his students to come at him. You know, like Horace. Yeah, I mean he's the biggest star. He'll sell books easy. And, you know, he wasn't perfect. And this guy got some inside scoop on him that was really, really interesting. So he, he wrote the book about it, and people felt the need to talk. And, and that was it. And I think somebody said it in there. They build you up to tear you down. We saw it happen with the Golden State Warriors. Everybody loved the Golden State Warriors. And then overnight, done. Like, they hated them. So mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just part of the game. Yeah, everybody on top. Is gonna gonna get chased after, so that's pretty pretty much what it was. And the easiest way to him was through his teammates. Did y'all believe Horace Grant when he said that he ain't say nothing? Oh, he said something, but he wasn't the only one. No, I didn't. I didn't believe Horace. I, I definitely think Horace was the one that that said something because I think he was the most unappreciated one. Hmm. He was the one that didn't get the limelight. Scotty and, and Jordan always got the limelight. And without Grant, just like without Rodman, they wouldn't have won no championship. Like, you always need another guy that maybe isn't as talented, plays hard, and complements what the, the, the best guys on the team do. And, that, and that's what that's Horace what was. But I don't think he ever got any articles written about him. Like, nobody, no, nobody ever appreciated him the way that they needed to. You know, okay, uh, I'll put it to you like this. Draymond Green got more love than Horace Grant. Yeah, he did. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's just it's one of those things. So I think a lot of people talked. I just – I don't know how much everybody said, but I definitely think Horace probably was one of the few that said a lot. Yeah, I, 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 I thought that was – like last weekend's episodes were really – really insightful is just in the psyche as far as like even Michael Jordan making that commercial talking about some a lot of people want to be like Mike but if you could be me for a year you probably wouldn't say that anymore that was like some like damn this this nigga was going through it <laughs> so I, I can't wait to see how this plays out especially now we're getting into the uh the playoffs and all that stuff like I want to see exactly how all this played out as far as that last year yeah, you, and me and B talked about it. Like, I, I don't think people – people always see the glitz in the glam. People see you play basketball, they answer questions, and then you drive off in your Corvette. It's like you no longer have a regular life. Like, you can't even go to the movies. You can't do the things that you want to do. So, for Michael, like, 
I'm going to gamble and I'm, and I'm going to feed my competitive addiction by playing golf, by, by doing all of these things that take my mind off of my normal life. Because my normal life is crazy. You know what I'm saying? And people don't even take into the account the traveling, right? And I'm not just talking about like, okay, we're flying from city to city. Take into account that you just played a, a, a basketball game at the highest level possible against the other best athletes in the world. Then you had to talk to people that want to scrutinize you about all that's happening, right? Then you got to go get on a plane to go fly somewhere else to then go do all of that over again. Like, that is not easy. And people just think that it's all hunky-dory. Oh, yeah, I could do this. I could – man, that shit is – Now, what's, what's the thing is, like, they think about just the money, right? They don't think about everything that comes with it. It's just like, bro, if you getting paid millions of dollars, man, I could deal with interviews. I could deal with all this. Other man, nah, because especially with a, a lot of a lot of people's temperament, nah, they couldn't handle it. Nah, nah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the Jordan doc as far as uh, episodes five and six? Again, we get some insight into just how personal he took everything. Like how offended he was about Drexler, how offended he was about Charles Barkley. It, and it, it was great hearing that. And once again, I just found myself thinking like, does Kevin Durant feel that way? Like we saw it once when he was like, you know who I am, I'm Kevin Durant. When he went out and, and, and torched, oh boy. I think about other players, like who else has that mindset? And we won't hear the stories until years down the road if they exist. But I would love to know that because we didn't know he was saying this stuff. But for him to say, you know, to tell Magic Johnson, you know what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to give it like, come on, man. <laughs> and, the, and the shrug. The shrug is probably still one of the but most. We didn't know what the shrug was at the time. That's the thing. Yeah. I hated Michael Jordan because Clyde Dressler and the Portland Trailblazers were my favorite team. And when he was, I was like, he's not going to hit that one. He's not going to hit that one. And he kept hitting the – I'm like, okay, you can't get that lucky. And and he right. did. And it was like, again, that's why he – that's why he's so mythical. Because he was doing things that you thought was, were just luck. But we didn't know at the time what the shrug was. It felt like he was just being arrogant and cocky. But he right. was really doing it to Michael Jordan. It was like, I mean, I told you. <laughs> I mean, magic. Yep, yep. Right. Yeah, you know – you know what else I noticed in the dot man that I really thought was crazy? That dream team footage was amazing. I want to see that whole tape or that whole practice. Oh yeah. Because you that already know they were going at each other. Like uh, you know. I say you know that they were going at each other crazy. Yes. That had to be the some best of the best part from, from that for me was to hear them talk shit to each other. Cause you hear about it but you rarely hear the words they say and how they say it. Magic Johnson was on their ass. Boy, hey, <laughs> Magic said, he was like, well, we ain't in Chicago Stadium no more, man. <laughs> Yo, so you know how, like, last week I walked back, I said, you know, we always talk about the, the all-time fantasy draft, and I would take Magic over everybody. That um, stuff, that's what made me change my mind. <laughs> change my mind because Jordan just has that level of whether whether it's it's legit or not whether he makes it up in his own head or not he has levels that he can reach and just turn on that nobody can stop him right 
because of that, that's why he's degraded. It's like in, in that scrimmage, like Magic and, and Charles' team was busting their ass by like six or eight points. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Magic and Charles start talking. And then Jordan said, give me the rock. And you just saw it. He just – there was nothing you can do. You had the best centers. the, 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 the yeah. Like literally the best. Yeah. And Jordan just said, all of y'all my son. Did you see how he yeah, just – he drove down the lane with ease for like a, a layup. I, yeah. And this is like you said before. I'm like, bro, this is like the top 10, 15 players in ever, damn near. And he is just giving them work. And I love how he dismissed them because <laughs> he was like, this, this it, it, what did he say? It's not the 80s anymore. This the 90s? <laughs> yeah, he said it's the 90s. <laughs> he was like, this is my time. You guys had the 80s. Right. You and Larry Bird and all this other stuff. This is my time. That time is over. Y'all got all the calls and stuff like that. Nah, it's me. Right. And he, and he, and he like you said, he, he reached another level, man. It was, that was just crazy, man. It was crazy to watch, man. It, it was crazy to watch. Also, to hear them say how tense it was back on the bus, you know what I'm saying? Like, they were close to, to blows on yep. that bus, probably. And then when they broke the ice, saying how good yep. it was, we shouldn't have made it mad, you know? That was crazy. Another another funny part I remember, people, uh, you mentioned about how uh, MJ went back uh, and wore the ones his uh, during his last time with the, uh, going against the Knicks uh, with the Bulls. And then, like, remember in the, when they were after the game, he was talking to Pat Ewan, and he was like, yeah, bro, I had to take you back to the 80s to bust your ass. <laughs> and Pat was like, bro, don't bring that shit up again. <laughs> he said, stop talking that shit. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I think you're like, shit, the game over. You ain't got it. <laughs> I was like, man, MJ was a dog. Jordan had everybody's car. Think about it. I beat all of y'all at every level. At every level. What You can't talk shit to me. And And Jordan played like that. Jordan played like you know, I'm going to talk all this shit. You could be nice, but you're not better than me, and I'm going to win, and I'm going to outscore you, and I'm going to shut you down. Like, there's not – and, Ken, going back to what you were saying, like, you want to know, like, if KD and LeBron and all of the great ones now think like that. I think they think like that in moments, and when they do, we see the performance, right? Like, when KD said, y'all know my name, what did KD go out there and do? When, when, when everybody was questioning LeBron against the Celtics, that game six, what did he go out there and do? So I think in moments, these guys, they all have that love because separate. But I think Jordan just lived in that mind space more than anybody else. You know, like, like, like think about what LeBron said after that game six performance. He was like, yeah, you know, um, people always want me to come out and, and play like this. And they don't understand that, like, you know, you have to get to a certain mentality to be able to perform like that, right? But Jordan operated in that space almost every game. Yep. Everybody can't do that. Everybody's not mentally ready or prepared or tough enough to, 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 to take their body and their mind to play at that level. That's extremely Especially after you keep winning titles. Like, to have that same hunger after you're like, okay, you're, you're the best. But, but again, you know. and I think the other part is that it wasn't always successful. But he, he still had that mindset. Like, he was willing to go give it everything. Like, we see the moments where it worked, but we've also seen the moments where it didn't against the Celtics. You know, and, and they lost the first two games against the Knicks. You know, it took the media to piss him off to get him to that, that spot. If they, didn't, if they didn't jump on him about gambling, they probably would have lost that series. You know, if people weren't talking shit about Clyde Dressler, well, they probably would have lost that anyway. But those are the moments that kind of trigger him. And 
And those are the things that I like. Like you, when Omar Rashad asked him, like, who's <laughs> going to take the last shot? He was like, me. Like, you know, it was like, who else? <laughs> like, he's the only, he and Kobe probably the only ones that really feel that way. But we've seen Jordan pass up the last shot. You yeah. know? But, but I think, I think, I think that the difference is, is like, MJ also manufactures a lot of that stuff for himself. Because like you said, like, like people talk bad about, if you're in the public eye, they talk bad about you. But they don't always talk bad about you. They don't always talk bad about LeBron. But right. how many times do these great players manufacture something to get them to that level? They don't. They just they yeah. simply don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, you know, when, when, when Zion threatened LeBron, the run they had against the Bucks and the Clippers – so we've seen it first, but like you said, Jordan lives there. Lives That's his home. <laughs> you know. Yep. You know, yep. The last thing, the last thing I want to say, because uh, somebody, um, I don't want to say somebody. I want to actually say their name. Uh, pointed out in the chat, Michael Rich seven two seven said that uh, the mob, a uh, mob boss, uh, Michael Franzese, uh said that he kind of alluded to the mob, the killing. And I'll, I'll read what I found. He said, uh, I don't have firsthand knowledge of this, but being as I was working with the NBA at the time, I was told two things. One, he was told to leave the NBA around the time his father got murdered because stories were about to come out. And there was a lot of heat on the fact, on the fact that because of Michael's gambling habit, his father paid the price. And the NBA didn't want the press, so they asked him to leave for a while. That's when he went to play baseball. And then when things settled down, he came back. The plan was always, from what I was told, for him to come back. He said he heard this from a source who, has, who was pretty knowledgeable, someone uh, he knew pretty well inside the NBA. That's wow. what he said. And also, and, too. And I remember that. What'd you say, B? No, I'm just saying, also, too, like, for people saying, you know, oh, if MJ would have retired, they would have won, you know, 90, 94, 95. Not the way Jordan was talking after he three-peated, because Jordan himself said by the time he won that, that third one, he was mentally and physically drained. So can you imagine trying to come back for another season to, to try to go ahead and win that again? I think they I think either the Knicks would have finally yep. got past him in 90, which they did, but it was without Jordan. I think Knicks would have finally got past him, or they would have got smacked around by, by um the Rockets. You know, and, and you know, trying yep. to, trying to, you know, what I'm saying. I think when you when you <laughs> said what, Kim? You said Houston would have won. Oh yeah, yeah. I think so because I think Jordan was just. I think that run. You know, when you playing basketball for that many for that long for that many years, because you got to think before those title runs, he was going to the East Finals. You know, in '89 and '90. You know what I'm saying? So that's a lot of ball being played, man. And then you 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 going through that mental and physical toughness of winning three peats. And Jordan clearly saying that he was mentally tired and physically tired. I don't know if he would have won. They would have went and won eight in a row. You know, yeah. what most people say. I, I agree with you, B. And another reason too, and he alluded, Jordan alluded to this, was what other challenge did he truly have? Like, bro, like my contemporaries never won three straight. Yeah, was, only only Bill Russell did that. Only the Celtics in the sixties did that. That's it. So I, I've done, I've, I've led the league in scoring. I've, I've, I've shined in every critical moment. I'm the most clutch player. I'm the biggest player. We've won three in a row. Like, what, what else do I need to do out here? Like, there, there, literally there was nothing else for Jordan to prove on the basketball court. 
if we're being completely honest and we're taking the conspiracy theory away and we're just taking Jordan at his word, what else was he supposed to do? You know what I'm saying? Like, like winning the fourth one, would that have elevated him more than what he did winning a three-peat? Would it? No. Nah, I, I, personally, I don't think so. So yeah, Also, I, too, man, I'm glad, can we, I'm glad for the young folks that only seen Charles Barkley on TNT. Put yeah. some respect on that man's name. Yeah. Yes. He mentioned Barkley has mentioned a top a top three, top, you know, a top five power four all times for a reason. Put some respect on that man's name. I'm glad people we was, you know, we saw a glimpse. We didn't see a whole thing because this is not a Charles Barkley documentary, but we saw a glimpse of the great. I mean, well, they did. I mean, we we witnessed most of us in here witnessed Charles Barkley's career. So we know what Barkley's about, but I'm glad they kind of had to kind of let some of these young folks know, like, look, that same dude that's sitting there chubby at TNT with Shaq and Ernie and Kenny, that don't don't get it twisted. Barkley was that dude, man. Barkley yeah. was that dude. So and, and you know what? To give Barkley credit, just think about how many guys wouldn't be able to will themselves to a win against a Michael Jordan team. Right. And no matter how great you are. And triple overtime, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I and I clearly remember that game as a kid. I do too. Me too. We were, we were it, it, the craziest part about it was we was at the Puerto Rican Day Parade in Chicago, right? And this is before internet. This is before you know LED TVs that you could just put anywhere. And a whole bunch of people had them rabbit ears, you know, say watching NBC. And me and my parents are walking through Humble Park, and every five to ten feet that you walk, somebody had a TV. And everybody was watching it. And it came to a point that, like, after that first overtime, me and my family, we just stopped and watched the other two overtimes. You know what I mean? We were like, forget, you know, trying to get back to the car. We was watching the game right there. You know what I'm saying? So, but going back to Charles, man, like, there's there's a lot of great players that Jordan played against, and not many could have done what Charles Barkley did in that game. You know what I'm saying? To actually build yeah. them to a win the way he did. You know what I'm saying? So that just speaks to how great Charles was. Yeah, man. Like, and, and it also he, like I, I remember that 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 final vividly, man. I, I got yeah. I, I, like it gave me stress. That that was that game. was a team I thought Jordan was gonna lose to. Like I, I thought Phoenix was gonna get him. Yep. I really thought Phoenix mm-hmm. was gonna get him. a little bit of everything. Yeah, they had yep. Charles Barkley to match him. And I was I was so stressed watching watching that that th- triple overtime, and then the next then the next couple of games. But I remember Game Six, and I remember and. They just brought back the memory. They were up four, and they just mm-hmm. let him walk in and score that layup. I'll never forget that moment. Yeah. Because I was hoping that it wouldn't come back to hurt him, but I had a feeling that it would. And that's when the passing shot went in. Yep. And he was wide open. Like, Jordan literally, y'all saw it, got the ball and ran it uncontested. And that those are the small moments that could cost you a title that you you don't know. Yeah, yeah. he scored like in like three or four seconds. Uh, he got yes. it and went. You you, you, you didn't Jordan say uh, Jerry Krause like uh, Dan Marley? Yep. Yes. Yep. That's right. That's another one. That was that's what fueled Jordan that to bust Dan Marley's ass during that finals. Yep. That was it. That was it. That's all Jordan needed. That's all he needed was that little push. Like oh. You like Dan Marley? Oh, okay, bet. And if you go back to the the couple of episodes before, same thing with Tony Kukoc. Yeah, Jerry Krause liked Tony Kukoc, so they went. Yep. All- I, 
Jerry Cross was saying how Tony Kukos was the future for the Bulls, and Jordan and Pippen looking like motherfucker. We just got you two championships. Like who who, yeah. who are you to say this about this dude? We you know what Jerry and you know how Jerry Krause tried to spin that he was like, we're not just about the players. It's a whole organization. We're a great organization. Yeah, I remember yeah. That, bring it back to like, hold on, I need some love too. <laughs> Jerry Krause is the villain in this whole series. He's the this little man shit. with me. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I remember that Tony Kukos thing, man. When they showed that, just brought all the memories back. And I remember <laughs> they just destroyed him. And he still <laughs> sound dumbfounded, like oh, he yeah, don't he even know her. Yeah, he's like, like, why you take it out on me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't even know me. What I do? Right. <laughs> they embarrassed that dude, man. He was like, they embarrassed the that person. dude. They did not like and, him. But I, and yeah, even when was, he, even when he gained some of their respect in that second game. They still busted their ass by like what twenty or thirty or something like that. I'm like, Dream Team was just blowing teams out, man. Right. Yep. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't even fair basketball back then, boy. Mm 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 mm. The what? And you know what? Look, we we definitely got to give credit to that ninety two ninety two Dream Team for making the basketball game global. Because without them, we wouldn't have Dirk. We wouldn't have Steve Nash. We wouldn't have all of these Max. national mm-hmm. stars if it wasn't for that Dream Team. Because pretty cool. Kugo said, I didn't know they were going to be right in my face. <laughs> <laughs> like, y'all really I didn't know they played defense like that. No, the last thing, I, the last one I remember is when he said, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm only packing one suit. Yeah, yeah that was, <laughs> hey, man, that was a, he was I don't give a damn what y'all saying. I'm packing one like, suit. Who, who says stuff like that in, in, in today's league, dude? It mean it. Like, for you to be that, for you to be that focused and that zoomed in to say, I'm only packing one suit, like that, and then fucking win. That that, that man, there people. That that's crazy. That hey, so let, crazy. Let off a little off of the subject. Well, still on the subject, but off that a little bit. Let me ask y'all: Did y'all see Michael passing out the tickets to his teammates? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he had all the tickets. Why, yeah. why did he have all the tickets? I couldn't figure that part out. Because because he's MJ, and then just think about like at the time, like they were talking about how. You know, obviously they had an allocation for players and, you know, big guests and stuff like that. But it came a point where the Bulls were so big that they couldn't give that allocation to other players. Right. Definitely was going to give it to Mike. Mm-hmm. You know, some players had to go to Michael Jordan to get extra tickets. Get tickets. He asked – I saw Randy Brown. He asked Randy Brown. He said, do, do, do you care where they sit? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't care if they're up there next to God. I don't care. I just want to see. And he was like, all right. <laughs> So I'm like, dang, I said, I wonder if, if, if it's because he's Mike or it's because he's team captain or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want, I didn't get the reasoning behind. Yeah, the Bulls were just so big that they didn't have enough tickets to give out. So right. they gave their extra allocation to Michael Jordan and said, hey, y'all, y'all deal with Mike. Yeah. <laughs> that just hey, you didn't finish the story, though. He said he was God. Don't forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I put, that, I put that in my notes to say. He said that he was like, "Oh, I am God." Like that—that that was dope right there. The, the way he put that in there, yeah, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. But but I thought about that. I'm like, now you, Michael Jordan, man, you got all these responsibilities already on the court, all these responsibilities off the court. Yet you got to sit here and distribute tickets to yourself. You know, <laughs> like did he take tickets and sell popcorn and everything else? Oh, damn, what did not he do? You know what I'm saying? Michael did it all. Yeah, man. He did it all. Yeah, that's yeah, that's all I got. But yeah, I I, I loved 
I'm loving this whole doc. I think this. I, do y'all think this is gonna win like an Oscar or something when it's all said and done? Because I feel like this is some of the best storytelling we've seen in a while. Well, not in a while because they had that OJ documentary. B, you brought that up before too. But yeah, like this, just, just on covering Jordan, I, I I love this whole thing. I mean, it's all right. I mean, Bad Boys and Fat Five shit is <laughs> you, said, you said the Bad Boys doc was better? Bad Boys, bad boys and Fat Five shit was better, man. So, you know, I'm, you know, you know. Yeah. Rick Flair was too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, Rick Flair shit was good too. That was yeah. that was back when I used to watch wrestling when I was Me a kid. too, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't get that shit now. Like, looking back, I'm like, why the fuck was I watching wrestling? But that's it was better than though. No, nah, it wasn't. I mean, it was – it's. I, I say in my comment, but yeah, another story for another day. But yeah, that's it for me. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us again. Um, yeah, Jordan. Yeah, he did average forty-one in the finals. Ugh, crazy. Um, but yeah. So anyway, um, there may be hey, hey, change. More, in, hold on yes, one second. One, one more question for y'all. Uh, David Falk said that in today's NBA, Jordan would average 40 to 50 points a game. Do y'all believe that to be true? Harden's averaging 37. Yeah, I probably yeah he could average 40. I, I would I would say yes because yeah. he would get more free throw attempts. That would mm-hmm. be the yeah yeah I was getting ready to say that too, FIFO. I said yeah he he would definitely get to the line a lot. He would live at the free throw line. Yeah, because I think James Harden averages 13 to 14 free throw attempts. Jordan would be up there. He'd yeah, be average, so about, about 15, 16 uh, per game. Yeah. Yep. Okay, that's all I got. I'm sorry. But, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. Just, just, yeah, just go ahead. A point as well. If you if you watched a lot of where MJ shot, he shot a lot of long twos. Mm-hmm. So in today's game, that half step or full step back would be threes. He Jordan would have attempted a lot more threes. I think that's something he would have perfected. He would have definitely averaged 40 to 50 points a game. I definitely think so. I, th- I think he would have attacked basketball just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, because the the shorter they brought the line in, when they the more they brought the line in, the more three-pointers he shot. When the line was back, he didn't shoot that many threes. But when they yeah. shortened the line and brought it up, he shot more threes. Right. So, yep, right. Um, But, yeah, so uh, we're obviously in May, and, you know, the world is opening up and things are going up and people are going back to work. So so we may not be able to do these at 3 or 2 on Mondays and Tuesdays. So we may go uh, back to um, the evenings. But we'll keep you guys posted. Uh, I'm going to try to go ahead and keep these things scheduled out in advance so you'll know. Um, but yeah, just know that, you know, as, as the work continues to change and get back to whatever this normal is going to be, then we're going to, of course, adapt and adjust to it as well. But, um, but yeah, man, we, we still going to be here talking about what we can and covering the the last dance and everything else that comes up. So, um, thank you guys for hanging out with us and we'll catch you guys next time. We out. Peace. 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 Peace.